And if you know the, how people had contracted polio, many times he was in uh, public pools uh, because people were swimming together. And uh, the virus was, goes through your urine samples, your stools, and eventually um, gets into you. So we do believe that uh, my older sister contracted polio in the Ameca River. What other things that happen with uh, water pollution? Um, we see that uh, the rivers themselves carry, uh, again, sewage, uh, chemical waste from factories, agricultural waste, and also garbage. With uh, the rivers themselves, we use the water for agriculture we use the water to, uh, for portable, for drinking as well. They pull it uh, to, to uh, provide water to the cities. But at the same time, we're basically pulling all those, all the waste. And even though they treat it with chlorine in some areas, some areas are not treated at all. We see that river pollution uh, here in uh, Russian River in Ukiah, California, when uh, we experienced uh, our first uh, cleanup project, we saw that uh, there's some, um, again, more than just simply the use of clean water. It gives also an economy. It gives tourism, it gives you an opportunity to do all of those things. And, and so um, we see that uh, uh, it is important because uh, everyone is using the water for, again, for agriculture, for use, um, home use, etc. And if we don't take care of it, we're going to be hurting ourselves. And we are hurting ourselves right now. Uh, another thing, too, that we see is um, so many projects that uh, Rotarians are doing, drilling water wells. I come from a small town where the water well itself was actually dug up or installed by Rotary International. There was a Rotary logo on our uh, water well in our town. And uh, what happens is right now we're so focused on making sure that the water doesn't flood our communities, doesn't flood our uh, agricultural land, etc. But by doing so, we're actually hurting ourselves on our underground water table. So it is so important to pay more attention to the rivers themselves because it gives us life. It gives us an economy. It gives us an opportunity to, to uh, relate to our peers or neighbors, our country next, next to us, etc. And the uh, um, at the same time, everything that we throw in the river ends up in the ocean. And another part that it also provides us in the ocean is plankton. And the plankton, if you guys know about it, and if you don't, I want to share with you what Rotarians from the Netherlands told us. The plankton are being affected by all the plastic that is being going into the ocean from the rivers themselves. So the plankton provides us with oxygen for the planet, more than 60% of the oxygen for the planet. It is crucial that we clean our rivers, that we stop the pollution 100%, because if we don't, we're gonna lose oxygen. And we lose 60% of the oxygen in the planet, we lose humanity. And on that itself, we're gonna create a lot of conflict. So that is the importance. Wow, this, uh, as you're speaking, I'm thinking of an image of our uh, blood veins in our body and how the rivers are in a way similar to that because they uh, surge in all the different places in the world. And that's what I believe probably took you on a mission to even lead beyond uh, your local community. So can you um, share with us other places or projects that you've led in uh, different 
parts of the world. Can you mention like where did you lead projects in what parts of the world and why were these locations important to you? Certainly. Again, we started with the very first uh, river cleanup project experience in 2009 here in, in the Russian River in Yucatan, California. Then we went to 2013 to Mexico to develop a project there. Our goal has been always is to empower others because literally we cannot do it ourselves. I cannot go and clean the river in another country, even if I quit my job and do it uh, full time. The idea with this whole thing is to connect with the Rotary Clubs, with the Rotarians, and empowering them, giving them the tools, the, the things that we have learned, and uh, making sure that they develop their own projects in their communities, develop alliances. And if you guys see right now the picture there, um, on this particular one on the uh, one on the screen is 350 students from three different universities that Rotarians were able to convince, come over and help us out, clean up the river in Lapidam, Michoacan. The other picture where the garbage truck is at, we had 65 police officers that came over and helped us out clean up that garbage patch right there. That this, when it rains, it goes into the river and then it clogs up or, or our waterways. What we want is, again, to empower every single Rotarian. For them to, to begin cleaning out their waterways and together collectively from all over the world, bring clean water in our communities and around the planet itself. And we already started seeing that. And uh, just recently, the District 4170 and 4140 uh, made an agreement to work together on the River Lerma Santiago in Mexico. And now we're working with Rotarians from Europe, from the Netherlands. And they are also connecting with Rotarians from Africa, from India. And together, we'll, like I said, we want to empower all the Rotarians to start collecting, collectively working on their projects. Unfortunately, because of the coronavirus, we were not able to do the events that we have for March 22nd, but they were going to be events all over the world. But we are still able to connect, which is a connection. There you said the word connecting is key for us to advance the, the efforts. So given that we are a global community and the regs bringing us together and other Rotarian platforms uh, like the E-Club, um, and um, other um, MBB. Um, so we all are bringing Rotarians together through technology to hopefully connect and learn about the resources they can offer to one another. So when the virus, uh, when we go back to our normal lives, we can hopefully uh, get to um, 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 what they call like uh, reap the, uh, the fruits of our hard work um, and, and uh, after we plant seeds of connect, connection with one another. So I want to ask you about that you've mentioned Rotary and Rotary's key role in uh, bringing community to get together and cleaning the rivers about your um, philosophy of leading with the four-way test. You, all, you are a believer that we can really advance uh, cleaning the rivers as Rotarians particularly because we lead using the four-way test. So I would like to, uh, if you can tell us a little bit about the story of you um, convincing 
a community to come together and clean the rivers without having to take them to a lawsuit and like share with us, how did that play out? Certainly, uh, you mentioned uh, why do I believe so much in Rotary? Because um, literally, if there's an organization in the world that can bring together to work in a positive way to make a, a positive change in the planet is Rotary, is Rotary International, is the Rotarians themselves. Um, the Rotarians are always eager to help. Some of the Rotarians were actually attorneys and they wanted to make a lawsuit and take them to court because they were dumping. And I said, time out. <laughs> First of all, we are Rotarians. We are not part of the EPA. We're not part of any kind of a governmental organization. And let's follow the four-way test, okay? Let's bring them to the table. Let's talk to them and tell them who we are, what we want to do. And instead of gaining an enemy, let's make them, make them our allies. And they did. They met with the Sugar Mill Administration. They told them the benefits of investing money into their own facility. Uh, that some Rotarians were also CPAs, accountants. So they told them the benefits for, for uh, tax benefits, uh, tax write-offs, etc. And uh, others, they were uh, biologists. They told them about how to compost in their 100,000 metric tons of, of straw that they used to burn, how to compost it. So actually, they have fertilizer and they, have, uh, they save money, they save um, the environment. And at the end, everybody won because, number one, cleaner air. Nobody went to court. They invested uh, close to $1.2 million in the facility to treat their waste water. The river doesn't have that pollution anymore. And um, that, uh, that factory has great PR, uh, saving money in, in many different ways because now they don't have to buy so much fertilizer either. They're using their own fertilizer. Uh, they are composting. And so that's just an example of how you can bring people to the table and uh, instead of fighting, you start discussing how can we bring a solution to the problem? What can you do? What can you do on this side? What can you do with your expertise? You, uh, you are a CPA, you are a business person, you are an engineer, you are a scientist, whatever. How, what part of that from your expertise, from your vocational part can bring it together to bring a solution to the problem? And uh, we have seen that also in Sicily, something very similar. This happened this last year, in which uh, the Rotarians in Sicily invited a company to, be, to become a corporate member from the Rotary Club. And with, with doing so, they sponsored a program that are installing a fish on the edge of the river to pick up all the plastic. So that is another example. Bring them in, make them your ally, have them sponsor the projects. So, that is, um, I love how you connected the four-way test to importance of partnerships. And so I know that you have this intentional um, idea of bringing in scientists to lead on these projects for the cleaning the rivers, you've utilized them. So why was that an important criteria for you or standard for you as you're leading uh, this effort? You wanted to have an informed, um, you know, action. So I'm, I'm just curious what went through your mind and your leadership to decide on, you know, going with this strategy. 
Well, uh, um, you mentioned the scientists. Yes, um, right now we are trying to develop an, an actual official MOU with uh, USGS, United States Geological Survey. Hopefully we'll have that um, official soon. And that is with a partnership maybe with one of the RAGs or with Rotor International, which is my, my hope. Why them? Because they have the technology, they have the scientists, they can give us um, real-time mapping of where the problems are on the rivers themselves. Just as an example, let's say in a particular town X in any part of the world, they want to install a sewage treatment plant and uh, they do the survey locally, but they are not looking upstream where the mountain is about to come down because it's been so much deforestation, not enough uh, soil uh, packing or protection. So if you put the sewage treatment plant downstream, it's going to be washed away. So there you go in a, in a global grant that can actually disappear if you're not looking on the opposite, on the other direction. So having uh, the expertise, whether it's USGS or a university in your country, um, to be able to help you take a look at the situation and how to make sure that whatever project, whatever global grants that we develop are going to stay there forever. And so that is one of the important part. Um, another one is, just as an example, last year, we did a water sampling on the Lerma Santiago. We brought it back into the United States to see exactly what it had, because in Mexico, they were saying the water is fine. It's passing the standard of uh, the testing of the country. I said, well, what is the standard? Where is exactly what you have? So we tested it for 17 chemicals and metals. Every single one of them was present. Yes, it was passing the standard in Mexico, but they were poison. So this way we know exactly what we have, then we can address the situation, go to the industry, invite them to be part of the solution, and then we'll have clean water eventually. Wow, this is fascinating. Um, I, I like this, uh, the, the use of science as this uh, fair judge of what the water uh, status is the water standard because it's interesting that there's I can um, sense the tension of political uh, po politics involved in the environmental reporting and how science is just uh, cuts through that and goes through goes to right to the truth. Uh, so were you able to capitalize on that? Did you take that knowledge farther like with that knowledge in mind when you realized that the water was contaminated and against to what the reports, the official reports said, what did that play out some, um, did that go anywhere? Yes, it did. It made actually uh, headlines in uh, New York Times. So we did a sample test, sample test in July last year, and uh, New York Times did a, an article at the end of the month in December 2019. It's called Slow Motion Chernobyl. Uh, it was not directly connected to us but is related to the spot exactly what we did the water sample. Mm -hmm. So what we did is basically made a, a ripple effect. And a ripple effect of, look at this, this is the actual situation. So water agency in the country, and it can be anywhere in the world, water agency in the country, you have your standards, which are basically established back in the 60s. It doesn't apply today. You know, the standards, for water um, quality that were established 
50 years ago does not apply today because we have many more chemicals that are being used that are in modern technologies and we need to do different steps to be able to treat it. So with this, what it gave um, um, the citizens in Mexico is, this is the sample, this is the actual list of the chemicals we have and they took it to the center in Mexico and they started uh, changing the, the law for the water, for the quality of water and how it's supposed to be. So again, it's not about lawsuits, it's not about, it's actually, this is the real situation, how can we fix it? And who can help us fix the problem to prevent it from happening? Um, certainly, as you all know, in Rotary, Rotary, we are not involved in politics. This is not about politics. It's about uh, being an advocate, advocating about there's a problem. We can be part of the solution. Um, we can help out, but at the same time, it's empowering the communities, having the community take charge of what they need to do, having their experts do their job, and then we are the cherry on the pie, is what I call it. And when we come in, we come in with a global grant and comp complement their efforts as well. I, I love this, uh, Salvador. You, um, I like speaking of rebel effects because that was a great story of rebel effects. I want you to share with uh, others, how do you think, you know, your connection to the RAG for Peace as a, as a member has helped advance your work? Because many people will say, um, we are part of the RAG, how can we capitalize on the RAG? And so you would be a great example to showcase what a member can do and, and, um, and taking advantage of all the tools that we give you. So I'm really curious to hear your perspective on that. Um, one thing I love about the fact of being part of the Rotarian Action Group for Peace is because I learned Number one, to forgive myself. <laughs> uh, I learned to forgive others. I learned to um, uh, understand that everyone has a passion. Um, it can be a water. It can be an uh, and rotating action group for 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 the water. In this case, was right. It can be Ezra. It can be any kind of thing. It can be for out of Rotary. Um, being part of the rotating action group for peace gave me a chance to understand other people's passions and how in in this case for example the river cleaner project cleaning the rivers of the world project it is so important to um, bring a solution to a conflict conflict uh, uh, resolution and so um, now people have asked me why are you part of three rags for their next group for peace environmental sustainability, Rotarian Action Group, and water and sanitation, Rotarian Action Group as well. I'm passionate about those three. I'll, I want to know more about how to develop peace. I know that the environment is one subject in which has caused a lot of, a lot of conflict in many different areas with politicians, with non-politicians, with different age groups to the younger generation. And, uh, but instead of being like this, why don't become like this? We shake hands, we cooperate with each other, we help each other out, we recognize each other's passion, and then we start working with each other. Because um, if you think about it, what I tell everybody is, what world are you gonna leave to your children? What kind of world are you gonna leave to your children? And if you put them all together, you can actually make a better world. 
I love your thoughts about collaboration because I feel that all the rags, we are all working towards the same, the same purpose and that's the betterment of humanity. We want yes. to leave a positive impact on the world. And, um, I, and I like the story of how uh, the rag helped you. If you can share, tell us that story about how you in, uh, went to the Presidential Peace Conference in Canada that later ended up with you addressing the congressional dinner I've shared the the rebel effect of like how connected connection to the rag led to bigger impact so the uh, uh, <clears throat> obviously when uh, I started this project we were invited to go to different places one of them was to Ecuador to do a river cleanup in Ecuador and getting to understand the indigenous people in Ecuador and how they see nature as, as their mom, as their mother, which is our mother. The planet is what feeds us all in reality. Regardless of what belief you have, that's where we eat from, from our planet. So that took me to the, the Peace Conference in Vancouver, Canada. There, thanks to past president Ian Riley, I got a chance also to see uh, the Aborigines uh, doing events together with the First Nations in Canada. So um, the message was in there is peace. The First Nations from Canada were talking about welcoming and, and how we need to be in peace with nature, in peace with each other, uh, and, and cooperate with, with both nature and with each other. So through all of this, at some point, moving forward several years later, we were invited to go to Washington, D.C. Uh, to the Mississippi River Citizen Towns Initiative. And I received a phone call and said, hey, uh, we want you to represent us in, from WASRAC, from Water and Sanitation Retirement Action Group at Washington, D.C. I said, why? I said, well, because we want, they want to develop a project and Paz District Governor Jill Petrosiski is leading the charge on this particular initiative. And uh, she wants to do a pro project on the Mississippi and uh, the, all the mayors from the, along the Mississippi are going to, to the sea. So we went and they asked me to do a report in which it took me several months, almost eight months to be able to give a report because I was looking from outside of the box how we as Rotarians can work together with politicians on their cities to improve the Mississippi, to prevent catastrophes, to help on in case of situations. So. Again, seven months later after my first visit, and I visited already three times, finally sent my report, in which was actually seeing us a wish list. I said, no, it's not a wish list. It's if you want to help the Rotarians along the Mississippi, you need to have cooperation. I did a presentation at a congressional dinner, yes. And uh, again, I said, why you want me to do a presentation at a congressional dinner in Washington, DC? I'm just a simple Rotarian. I'm not a politician in any way. But they wanted to know is how uh, a project has actually grown and, and uh, the connection and the importance of connections with, with Rotary. And what I mentioned to all the mayors in, at the dinner, to everybody that was present, speak to your Rotary clubs. If you don't have a Rotary club, make one. Work with your Rotary club in your city because then you can have many different solutions in the problems that you have. And a lot of the times it does not require money. It just simply requires who knows who know, uh, the person that can actually bring a solution to the problem 
and uh, make your city, your your county, much better. But definitely, it's a promotion to Rory. Salvador, I um, I think you are not just a normal Rotarian. You're you're very humble because your impact on the world is big. And um, I want to, your story is meant to inspire others to uh, do more of what you've done. Um, so is it easy for people to start cleaning the rivers or is it complex or is it like, what, what it takes for people to join and make a difference on clean water by cleaning the rivers? Like what, what it takes? Um, passion, <laughs> simple, simple as that and it is it is as simple and as complicated as you want it to be um, I tell everyone is start with something simple a conversation I start with finding who is doing already something in my community in regards of cleaning up the waterways in my where I where I, belong, where I live then connect with your local organization, your local government, your local school. Invite them to your club. Find out what they are doing. Find out how you can mesh your Rotary Club with their efforts. And then develop a project as simple as it can be as a, um, just at a cleanup event in which, you know, we have done that many times in different rivers, but continue to do it so. And if you don't want to do it yourself, sponsor the group. Um, in uh, one example I want to give you, in Ameca, Jalisco, the Rotarians invite all sectors, the union for the taxi cabs, the fire departments, the police officers, the universities, schools, etc., and uh, friends, family. And there are times that they get together about 200 people. And uh, so they bring the radio, they bring the newspaper, they do live interviews. The DJs actually in the neighboring counties and uh, doing, like I said, live interviews to all the volunteers. And then at the end of the day, they have a big party. They have a big barbecue and everybody's joining each other. And that helps promote unity, peace in the community, promotes the Rotary Club, the Interact Club, the Rotaract Club. And eventually it sends the message that we're cleaning up this garbage that is polluting our waterways. And it, start expanding to the point that uh, the neighboring cities are starting to do their own events and and uh, promoting clean water, um, garbage collection, recycling, etc. So that is a simple thing. It sounds like a, it, it is a bit complicated to organize it. it, takes a little bit of time, but but it can be done. And again, it's a promotional uh, piece for the Rotary Club, it's a promotional piece for the town, the city, um, and then you can go much bigger and more complex. I'm talking about uh, the kind of water quality that you have. Then in, in there you involve the water agencies that are local and how you can actually make things connect. And eventually develop a, a global grant. Okay. You're talking so, about global grant. Yeah, so I, I mentioned about developing a global grant. If you guys have been involved with any global grants, you know that they're complex. You need to do a lot of homework beforehand and develop the relationships with your community and different agencies. So by starting something simple, getting to know each other, then eventually developing the grant, that's how it, it can actually be sustainable. So.
That's great. So, um, Salvador, I wanted to, um, I love this notion in your summary about how Rotarians can convene a community together and how they can bring the community around a unified agenda. So, do you agree that having an agenda that brings everyone together is key to advance um, action in Rotary and in the community that brings uh, benefits to everybody? Um, and I, I just wonder what's your thoughts on that? Like, how could you, because what you're talking about is that you need to reach out to people and bring them together around a mission that everyone believes in. Um, and it is important when you are addressing the environment or even or peace or any humanitarian project to have people agree. And so for that to happen, how, what kind of mindset do you have? What is the approach when you, yes, you lead with passion, but how does that play on the ground? Like when you go and talk to a Rotary Club, how do you address that agenda? Well, first of all, uh, you have to introduce the idea. Introduce the idea and then find uh, the Rotarian that will be willing to, to join or that will believe on that idea. Um, in right now, I think, uh, especially with uh, so much information regarding the climate change, uh, pollution and everything else, um, most, most Rotarians are now looking at it as, uh, how can I do, what can I do? Um, when we first began back in 13 and back in 2009, um, the idea of uh, cleaning the rivers, the answer used to be is, why me, why should I? Um, the government should do it. We said, well, yes, you're right. The government should do it and they should help us out. But the poly vaccine also, the government should have done it. But yet Rotary took, took the charge and started it. And now it is an actual program that is all over the world. And uh, we don't pay for every single vaccine in the world, but Rotary started it. The, the idea with this whole thing is bring the idea, bring the proposal, have those that are really willing to work on it or are passionate about a particular subject, run with it and give them your support. Again, you don't have to get yourself uh, down and dirty to do the cleanup, for example, but you can support it. Uh, many times it takes a simple phone call, an email. Um, again, I mentioned about uh, after a cleanup doing a barbecue, you can, you can help with the barbecue. You can help with organizing that part. But... Uh, let's begin the conversation. Let's begin with talking about it and then let it grow from there. It's just go slow. You don't have to push an, an initiative so hard to see. Start the conversation and let it grow from there. I love this uh, notion of starting the conversation. Speaking of which, we are in the middle of the coronavirus right now. And, um, and I, um, and we've talked about this before, like how we can't help but think of the most vulnerable and the most exposed to the coronavirus without access to clean water or health or benefits um, or like uh, services um, all, and all the necessities we currently have. So um, as you know, Salvador, part of your story is that you are an immigrant, just like me and um, immigrating to the US, you're Hispanic. And I, I know that you are thinking, your heart and mind is thinking about the um, immigrants um, at the border right now. And so I wonder if, um, if Rotarians have helped 
that you are aware of um, helped immigrants on the border before and what kind of opportunities you think we can offer them um, at this time uh, that is hard on everybody? I think at this time, uh, the only one thing that we need to bring up is compassion and empathy. Uh, that is crucial because as you mentioned, the coronavirus doesn't, the coronavirus does not select race or anyone. It affects everyone. And uh, it can affect uh, the richest and it can affect the poorest. Um, and uh, again, right now we need to simply need to be more empathetic and help out in one way or another. Um, I know that, for example, Rotarians in Cucuta, Colombia, they developed a project to uh, give a backpack to all those immigrants from Venezuela that are walking hundreds and sometimes thousands of miles to move away from, from where they live. And uh, it's something that, uh, you know, I have heard Rotarians talk about on the background sometimes. They talk about immigration and sometimes it's not in a so positive or empathetic way. But in reality, all of us are immigrants. Every single one of us. It doesn't matter how many generations your family has been in this country or another country. We come from a different place. And if we go back to asking the scientists, where did the humans come from? Some place in the middle of Africa and everybody immigrated away from that spot and then populated the entire planet. So again, I think in this moment, we should be empathetic. If there's a rotary club is doing a project nearby where you live, helping out the immigrants, helping out the, uh, uh, those refugee camps, you can donate to UNICEF or something. So Salvador, have, um, are you aware of any projects that you've done with people who are uh, uh, immigrating from Mexico to America in the past? Like, um, is there any project that you can share with us that people- Specifically, I have actually donated to uh, Rotary Clubs in Cucuta, Colombia, when uh, the Venezuelan um, exodus started. And um, uh, again, it's all about empowering others and I know that they have continued with it. When it first started back in, I think, uh, what is it, 16, um, forgive me, no, 17, September 17, 2017, I believe when, around the time when Brexit uh, started in Venezuela, we started donating directly to the Rotary Clubs in Cucuta to help out feed those thousands of people that were coming from that country. Um, they obviously lived that on a daily basis. And uh, it's obvious we cannot support it 100% all the time. We also have families, and we have to also take care of ourselves. Uh, but they, they continue to do the fundraising. And uh, uh, again, what I mentioned to you, the latest that they have seen is uh, the backpack program that they have, that they give to, the, to those um, uh, refugees, basically. Uh, that's a great program. So people can support maybe the backpack program at this time, and maybe an idea is Rotarians can uh, put sanitation, um, uh, like uh, sanitizers add to the backpack with the intention of the coronavirus in mind. Um, I also would like uh, to announce that Rotary has um, made available funds for Rotarians to take on projects addressing vulnerable communities right now in the coronavirus. And I believe we have a slide on this that we can put on the screen for all of you 
to see how you can, um, to like you said, Salvador, reach out to the community and understand what is the needs, what the city is currently working on, how can we, what are the organizations that uh, are currently working on addressing this coronavirus in your community and you can lead that, utilize the district grants and global grants and the disaster response grants to uh, bring that back to your club and to their community to do service projects that addresses people who has not benefited from the water, clean water uh, options um, that you've led so far, Salvador. So um, I wanna change the topic a little bit and talk about the direct connection. Oh, before that, I want to ask you, before we change the topic, I wanna ask you about your community needs in Mexico, because you come from originally from Mexico, you have family and friends and community there that you care about. And I am curious if you are aware of needs currently um, needed, like, it, like it, what are the needs of the community there that you can think of right now? And if there is a way to help Rotarians in Mexico? The resources that uh, Rotary International has offered to all the districts are really important. And uh, are also important is for us as Rotarians to connect with your, our communities and to see um, the media needs that happens. Um, you know, for example, here in California, went through the fires and uh, there were different needs that uh, were happening because of people fleeing entire cities because of the fires that were happening here in California. And what I saw is the Rotary Clubs were in constant communication with the authorities here and being able to comp complement what, uh, what the actions were taken. I will say, is, uh, for, you mentioned about Mexico. Yes, uh, I've been in contact with family, I've been in contact with some Rotarians and uh, basically they are on the uh, hold status, if you will, because of what is coming up. Some people have been asked to uh, shelter in place. We have that here where I live. We've been in shelter in place for several weeks or for a couple of weeks. In Mexico, it just happened. I believe it's the first week. And so they're looking into, is this going to continue? If it's going to continue, it's going to affect the economy of everyone. So how we as Rotarians can help on that? Well, I will say is, number one, let's connect with the agencies, the local agencies and find out what are the needs. Are we able to um, use those funds that Rural International is offering uh, to be able to provide, per se, food, water, or something like that? and uh, any toiletries, anything that uh, is needed. It's important to connect again with the, the government agencies because they have certain manpower and probably more manpower than we do on our clubs. But again, we can complement what they are doing. Um, we cannot solve everybody's problem, but we can make it easier. And uh, right now, this moment, it is uncertain times, but we're gonna get out of it. I know that we're gonna get out of it and the Rotarians have a really, really big hearts. They are uh, people of action, um, and uh, we need to be cautious, take uh, um, the necessary precautions, the steps necessary to help each other out. Um, and we see it. We see it on social media right now. Rotarians in Spain and in India helping out, uh, you know, the share masks, helping out share uh, 
cleaning materials, wipes, soap, etc. Everybody's taking the little baby steps. So, thank you so much, Salvador, for sharing this. I would like to wrap up our conversation with the, your story, uh, a very inspiring story, participating in uh, cleaning the river in India. What did you learn about how water is so essential to bringing um, the community together? Like India, there's many factions in the community, groups of different religions. So um, how did how did cleaning the river bring peace to that community? And before we take a Q&A in the next few minutes, so I wanted to end on an inspiring note uh, to, to share with everybody. So again, uh, because of the river cleanup project, uh, we've been invited to different places. And it was, uh, when I received the invitation to go to India, um, again, the question is why? And, and uh, why us? And where is this place? So we were invited to go to the to the Kumbh Mela, to the uh, to the Ganges, where the the three holy rivers meet, which is the Yamuna, the Saraswati, and uh, and the River Ganga. Um, in this picture, you can see it is uh, people from that represents uh, many indigenous people from all over the world. I didn't know that there were indigenous people in Netherlands in uh, Poland, in uh, Siberia. And obviously I knew about the ones in uh, uh, South America, Central America, and Mexico. But all of those that are there at this moment, uh, you see uh, everyone represented from different countries. And there is yours truly with a Rory hat right in the middle of it, because we're pouring uh, the water that is represented from the 50 holy rivers from all over the world. What did we learn in there is that uh, every single indigenous community in the world revere and has their story about the planet in such a way, as I mentioned, as if it is our mother. And uh, they may call it different, different names, but the story is very, very similar from every single culture that I spoke to. Um, we sponsored, the Rotary Club sponsored a river cleanup on the Ganges, right in the middle of the Kumbamela, where is 120 million people um, bathing on the Ganges. And we were uh, respectfully doing, uh, picking up the garbage in between all of them, leading by example that we need to respect Mother Ganga in a way that uh, it doesn't pollute it. Uh, because of the event that we sponsored, two leaders from two different religious communities got together, the Hindu and the Muslim. That really, really warmed my heart because it just simply shows that Rory can bring together people from different sectors. And uh, I had the opportunity to pick up the garbage on the river Ganges with both of them. I spoke to both of them and my, obviously did not speak Hindu myself, they didn't speak very well English either, but we think that we agreed on is that we need to protect our planet because it protects everyone. And they were going to continue with working together and I've seen it. I've seen on their posts on Facebook that uh, um, the Hindu religious leader goes to the Muslim religious leader and uh, uh, talks about reforestation projects, clean water, etc. And it's all about uh, 
taking care of your community, taking care of humanity. That's what I see. Because I truly believe is that no matter where you're from, no matter who you are or what color your skin you are, what country you are, we are one single family. And that's the humanity family. And so that's we need so to help Salvador, I can talk to you for hours and hours because all the things you shared are very inspiring, are very educational, and offers endless opportunities for service for Rotarians. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to Salvador. And now um, I would like um, to open it for Q&A. But before that, we have a poll on the screen uh, before we start Q&A. So, uh, please take a moment um, to, uh, can you all see the poll? Type yes, yes, yes in the chat box if you can um, before we go into Q&A because, okay, so please take a minute to take this poll because we would like to see if um, um, the results and maybe we can actually see it live possibly, but no pressure if, if we can't. So the poll that you're seeing right now is, are you interested in helping Salvador's current and future projects for cleaning the rivers of the world? Um, if so, I want to share with you that Salvador's currently raising funds of uh, $100,000 to lead his cleaning the rivers projects and the RAG is supporting him in raising those funds. So if you have any questions about uh, donating to Salvador's project, please uh, reach out to the RAG for Peace office at contact, contact at rotariansforpeace.org, uh, contact at rotariansforpeace.org. We all have funds in our Rotary clubs and districts. Please um, donate to Cleaning the Rivers. We have a tremendous and exceptional leader, uh, Salvador, with a proven record of service and uh, commitment um, uh, that he will I, we are sure that he will continue to lead on this effort uh, with um, the four-way test. Okay, wow, we have the results. Are you interested in helping Salvador's current and future projects for cleaning the rivers of the world? We had 100% of the people who were bold agreeing. Um, I mean, that was an expected result, but it's really great to see that uh, most of you would like to help Salvador, and that's just heartwarming. Uh, so now let's go back to the Q&A to open it for you um, all. Um, so the first question is from uh, Allison, our uh, uh, beautiful chair. She asks, what lessons can be learned by us today with the coronavirus compared to what we have done on polio? Can we replicate any part of our response to polio to help us? So Allison's wondering if there's, if you can see parallels between the coronavirus and polio, and if there's any good lessons that we've learned from polio that we can take and um, apply, apply now while we're addressing the coronavirus. That's a great question, Allison, thank you. Certainly, and uh, right now I actually saw a document that uh, and the efforts that are being uh, put to eradicate polio are actually being used also for the coronavirus. The uh, uh, surveillance uh, team that are working on, on polio eradication 
are actually working on uh, surveillance for coronavirus and that uh, they are going to be using the, the funds also to, to help. What can we learn from that? Obviously, we, we need to develop definitely a vaccine. Somebody needs to develop a vaccine and needs to be used uh, uh, as needed. Uh, scientists will let us know and the doctors will let us know what is the thing. But we need to go, go farther than that. And that's why I mentioned about uh, uh, cleaning the rivers of the world. Because many of the diseases that we have, it comes from pollution, it comes from uh, sewage, it comes from all of that. Uh, the coronavirus comes from wild animals. And so we are affecting uh, our lives, are interconnected more and more with wild uh, wildlife because we're, we're uh, doing reforestation, deforestations. So we need to restore all those habitats. So that's what important is about doing work on the environment and doing re reforestations, restoration programs. And so again, yes, we need to do the vaccination, but we need to go way above that, which is uh, protecting the environment, reforestation projects, restoration, clean water, and then we can avoid all of that. Because- I would like- Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to interrupt if you want to add one more thing. I just had a thought that I wanted to add after you're done. Yeah, of course. So what I mentioned is, uh, uh, I wanted to just finish is, what do you rather do? Give chemotherapy to somebody or give medicine to somebody that is already sick or prevent them from getting sick altogether? And I think I've been proactive of clean water, reforestation, restoration projects can help us. Um, um, I love all your thoughts, uh, self. I would like to add that in polio, it's a global effort uh, because it is uh, such like it's a it's a so that means we need to focus on global partnerships, and we can't think of addressing the environment in a way that is isolated from what's going on in India, for example, like you are currently doing, Salvador. So you are replicating this and in the Netherlands and in all parts of the world. So what makes Rotary such a tremendous mechanism to bring change is that we can start locally and then we build on this momentum and take this back to our clubs. I believe one of the Rotarians today, where before you arrived, um, I, um, asked, I asked why you are on this uh, meeting and he said, I want to take an idea back to my Rotary Club and his Rotary Club is in Canada. Uh, so it is so inspiring to see Rotarians taking ideas back to their home countries and to their Rotary Clubs and establishing the same successful projects in their communities, which really creates this rebel effect that is, is at a global level. So I wanted to just highlight that it's very important that we remember our power of being global citizens and a global community, and that we are connected in service above self. Um, this, mm -hmm. One other thing I wanted to mention is uh, something we learned from the coronavirus is that uh, humanity collectively is working together to prevent the, the more, more contamination. So what does that tell us? If we just simply agree on to working on to making peace for the entire planet, for the entire world, we can do it. If we want to restore the planet to stop climate change, to have a better environment, we can do it. Because right now we're sheltering place the majority of the population in the world. 
So that is another thing that good lesson that coronavirus has actually taught us. We as humanity can make this world a better place. We can work together. Thank you, Salvador. I want to give time for questions to be answered. We currently have uh, three left. Um, one is from Thomas Carlisi, uh, a member of the RAG and a good friend. He's asking, how can Rotarians mostly help, uh, how can Rotarians help people in remote areas who need to leave their homes to travel to obtain clean water during this social distancing time? So that is a challenging question for us who believe in access to clean water for all. So is there any thoughts or creative ideas? Did you come across any um, idea that in, in which we can help people in remote villages right now while uh, they're suffering from the coronavirus um, exposure? Number one is uh, find a Rotary Club nearby. That'll be my number one thing is find a Rotary Club nearby and then uh, connect with them if possible. Two, connect with the RAG. The, the RAG uh, uh, Action Group for Peace project or uh, efforts, as well as uh, Clean the Rivers of the World efforts. So, and if you think about it, a RAG is considered by the Rotary Foundation as, and uh, the district or the club applies for funding from the, the RAG, that is actually matched one-to-one -one from the Rotary Foundation. So the dollars that are, will be um, you know, administrated by the RAG for any projects, whether it's Clean the Rivers of the World, Peace, um, the coronavirus uh, efforts will be matched by the Rotary Foundation. So number one is connect with the Rotary Club, then see what kind of other agencies are locally helping out so you don't have to expose yourself to travel obviously if you want to donate donate to a club or donate to a district that is nearby and see what kind of efforts they're doing perfect so that's and also we can um i love this care like immediate action so we connect with the local agencies we connect with the rotary clubs and they can advise us on how we can best help their communities also for the long term if uh, you wanna also focus on currently trying to mobilize your club or your local community to also help people in your community to start a clean, cleaning the rivers project and help with whatever water needs in your community or other communities you care about are. There's this time for us to connect with other Rotarians who are working on projects that make water accessible as well. Um, I want to ask the third question by Frederick, um, here in, he says, here in the Great Lakes region in Mexican Canada, we have developed citizen-based panels to promote water quality improvements as part of the Great Lakes Boundary Commission and agreements. These are called local remedial action panels in both US and Canada. This seems related to what Salvador is describing as well. Would it be, would it, would it, for example, be beneficial to establish a cross-border Rotary District, U.S.-Mexico, to promote such initiatives? So, what do you think about this, um, Salvador? He's frozen. So, he, um, Frederick is asking about 
the possibility of a rotary uh, have uh, owners. Yeah, yeah. So because, uh, for example, for the Mexico-U.S. border, there is uh, uh, federal government programs from the EPA to help remediate water issues on both sides of the border. So what we're trying to do with this is uh, local agencies and the local uh, farmers, for example, local industry that may be able to benefit from the services or the grants from the federal government of the United States. That's one, one area. That's why I mentioned, always figure out what is available locally and then the rotary effort is only the cherry of the pie. So yes, it is uh, um, try to imitate what is being done on the Great Lakes and then uh, seeing what is available in the border and what are the the actual uh, issue is then uh, start taking one step at a time to solve to give it a solution. Thank you Salvador. Um, now we have our last question which is actually perfect timing for us to wrap up because our webinar ends in um, about uh, 15 minutes. So what about the deteriorating condition of water bodies like rivers and lakes in Kashmir? where turmoil of decades has sidelined their vexed condition. Please involve, he's asking, should we involve Rotary International in this direction? And this is from Dust Dar. Thank you, Dust, for your question. Are you- Dust Dar, you are my hero, my friend. Um, Reem, Dust Dar and I connected uh, a couple of years ago because of, uh, we were promoting uh, Clean of the Rivers of the World through Facebook and uh, he contacted me. And he said, uh, how can I do this? So those Darim, so you know, is actually the current president of the first Rotary Club in Kashmir. Wow. He became a Rotarian because of our Cleaning the Rivers of the World project. And yes, my friend, those are, we need to involve Rotary International and uh, you need to do develop a global grant, connect with your uh, district governor and let's develop a global grant to uh, clean those uh, water bodies in Kashmir. And, they, and uh, if you want to talk about uh, peace, uh, RIM, uh, Rotary Club in, in, in uh, Kashmir, that uh, those is, is the president, the, the first and current president of the first Rotary Club, Rotary Club of Kashmir, that uh, it's, it's, it's a result of uh, Rotary Action Group for Peace. Oh, thank you, okay. so uh, I'm so happy to hear about DUST uh, trying to initiate a global grant, and I hope this webinar elevates his request. And through Salvador, you know, all the attendees, you know that you can now reach out to, um, through Salvador to DUST. You can reach out to him directly on the chat box. If uh, DUST, would you like to share your email address with the Rotarians who would like to probably help you in advancing your global grant? Um, on this webinar, uh, please uh, look at the chat box for Dust uh, email. If not, we can have, um, with his permission, share it with the rest of you after the webinar so he can um, get help on advancing this global grant. And this is an action that we can take right now. So that's why we started this whole webinar series in the first place because we wanted Rotarians to have the opportunity to take action from their homes while we are socially isolated, we can still move things along. Um, um, okay, so 
I want I uh, Anna told me that he's no longer here just but we uh, we would be able to have his email address and we can get um, we can reach out to him later um, thank you Nick for um, nice comment so Rotarians obviously like the webinar I'm, I'm receiving very nice comments uh, so Salvador that's because of you you're an amazing guest I want to really thank you uh, for inspiring us today for giving us endless and countless ideas of how we can get involved right now. You said it's just a phone call, it's an email, it's looking at a website at a local agency, go to a town hall meeting in your city, reach out to Rotarians who need water in their communities and for their communities. So the, the menu of actions Rotarians can take to build on the momentum you've created with other Rotarians around the world is tremendous. And um, I am so happy to, to know about all the work you've been doing and I'm sure that our guests are inspired. I wanted to end by asking you one last question. Uh, what do you want your impact on the world to be? What is your dream for cleaning the rivers and that would be, I would like to end with your thoughts uh, on that and thank everyone um, before they all have to leave. My apologies, Rim. can you repeat the question because um, I had a really poor connection. My question again is, what do you want your impact to be on the world? And what is your dream for the rivers of our world? I think I'm gonna answer with another question is, what kind of world do you want to live for your future generation? What kind of world are you going to live your kids? That is how I want to answer it. And what is my dream is that the planet is free of pollution, that the rivers are clean and safe to be able to swim in it and even to be able to drink the water from it. Um, that is my dream and I think it's going to happen in the near future because uh, more and more Rotarians are getting involved, they are being empowered in their communities, they are taking action, they're taking steps and uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, we will see a much cleaner, safer world in the near future with more peace in the planet. Thank you so much, Salvador. I mean, this is a beautiful dream. You are a, a, just again an inspiring Rotarian and you are one of the main reasons like members like you and your story is why I get up every morning to be part of the Rotarian Action Group for Peace. You inspire me and you are all the inspirations, everyone attending today to learn from you and take this back to your community. Um, I want to, since we have a few minutes left, I wanna highlight a very specific and targeted suggestion for everyone. We've talked about how marginalized communities in on the borders are uh, probably not getting the help they need. You can reach to Rotary Clubs in New Mexico, you can reach to Rotary Clubs in Arizona, you can reach to Rotary Clubs in Texas. All the Rotarians on the borders, you can reach them. On the global level, you can also reach um, the districts and um, that hosts uh, refugees because refugee, we ask people to socially isolate when there are camps that are crowded with refugees. 
it is they need a lot of uh, measures, humanitarian measures, and access to um, uh, public health assistance. So I, I I invite you all to reach out to the districts in uh, in countries like um, that has refugees uh, in the Middle East, Bangladesh, uh, Rohingya, like. Look at your map, see where Rotary Clubs exist, and type your email. If you have resources in your club or districts, please mobilize your Rotary Club and districts to help people who really need that help right now to address the coronavirus. And if you have other ideas, um, please, um, we have the list of your emails and we will uh, share it with your permission with others uh, who were on this call for to help you all connect. And one more time, if you want to help Salvador advance his initiatives, he's raising now, now $100,000, that's his goal, and the RAG is helping him fund this money. Uh, so please um, reach out to the RAG to get this funding going and um, push this, um, the environment in a good, in a positive direction together. Um, I thank you all. Salvador, any last words? I wanted to uh, also mention one thing uh, in regards of uh, obviously coronavirus, coronavirus relief efforts and uh, cleaning the rivers of the world projects that Rotarians are doing. For example, those that are in Kashmir, the Rotarians in Mexico and the 4170. Um, I want to throw something out there. A challenge. A challenge to all here in the United States government is going to give us uh, a relief to financially to help us out um, all of us are working class you know we work every single day to be able to pay our bills but the government is going to give us $1,200 is what they said so what I would like to challenge is all the Rotarians to donate those $1,200 to the Rotarian Action Group for Peace to raise those funds to help out uh, uh, the coronavirus relief efforts and the Clean of the Rivers of the World projects for global grants and have the RAG administer those funds. So me personally, when I receive the check, I will turn it around and give it to the, to the RAG to do the administration for that. And I would like to challenge all the Rotarians that are listening to this message to do the same because I'm sure that you're able to manage just fine with what you have. And this money that is coming in uh, whether it's a, a, a relief from the government or not, is something that can be used in a different way. That's a great idea, Salvador. See, you are a, a, you're people of action. So speaking of which, we still have, uh, people are still here. I hope you're not bored. If you want, to, or if you want me to ask one more question, say yes, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, we still have eight minutes, so I'm going to ask it. What does the uh, phrase uh, people of action mean to you, Salvador? <laughs> get it done. Get it done. <laughs> That's what it means to me. Just get it done one way or another. Just get it done. <laughs> Wonderful. So um, you said you are a family man. You are a father. And yes. you have five children. You're from I have five children, yes. Ages five, five all the way to 22. So That's big family big family so you have lots of responsibility and you are very fam like you're a family oriented person um you're a friend of mine and i know that also you love to 
um, to have fun. You're not doing, you're, you're having- Hello, five, uh, 10 year old daughter helping me clean up the river. <laughs> What's her name? Atenea Amparo. Atenea? Atenea, it's Athena in Spanish. Athena, oh, Atenea. That's a beautiful yeah. name. Um, Thank you. And I wanted to ask you this question, given how much you love your family and how you much you love your community and your friends, you're always supportive. Uh, how do you manage and how do you find the balance between service? And you're not just serving at your community level, you're serving at the world level. You're serving back in Mexico, in India, everywhere. How do you find this balance between your uh, work and life and service. Um, so I would like some of your ideas on that. So all of us know that we have the power within us to serve. Well, first of all, involve your family uh -huh. in the service projects. That way you are not competing against the time that you're supposed to spend time with your family. So as you saw in the picture, my 10-year-old daughter helping me out on the River Cleanup project. Um, I don't know if you have the picture of my daughter, uh, from the uh, uh, Rotary Magazine, in which uh, my now 20-year-old daughter went with me to Mexico to do a river cleanup project. And I've involved my other two boys also doing the same thing. So the idea is involve your family into that, involve your business, business into it as well, because that's my daughter right there on the, on the front cover of the Rotary Magazine in Mexico, uh, where we did a river cleanup project, and that helped but inspire a huge movement right now this month uh, to the river projects in Mexico. So that is uh, one thing that I do is involve that and uh, in, in the part of the business, uh, I'm blessed that I have a small little business that uh, if I am uh, waiting for something to be able to get the job done, I just turn around and, and uh, find some joy on doing rotary projects. So in rotary is, is my passion, serving others is my passion. And so I helped uh, the, best, the way, best way that I can. And uh, uh, this picture right here is my little business that I have. It's an automotive repair shop. And I restored both of those vehicles. One of them, the bus, was donated to uh, a senior center in Mexico. And the ambulance was donated to a hospital in Mexico. Both of those vehicles were going to be crushed. They were on the wrecking yard. So we saved them, we restored them, and we donated them. So we use our vocation uh, to serve others. And so from time to time, we donate repairs to people in need, to the homeless, uh, to the foster care system. Uh, so um, again, it's use your vocation to, to serve others. So you, uh, that's really interesting because you're not just focused on cleaning the rivers, your focus really is on serving humanity. And yes and you serve them in all the possible ways you can. Yes. And this is absolutely inspiring and it makes, makes us all feel like we can do more. Oh um, yeah, we can do more. We can, we do can more. always do more. Salvador, I mean, I can't thank you enough. Um, you represent what a true Rotarian, what a true Rotarian Action Group for Peace member uh, does out there in the world. And we at the Rotarian Action Group for Peace are just so humbled that our members are people like you because the rag is yours. All we try to do is to support you on your projects, elevate them, make others connect with you to advance your work. We're here to serve you, 
just so you can serve the world. Um, I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being who you are and for really being a role model for young Rotarians and Rotar actors um, and the future generation. Because when we see someone doing the work you're doing, we are inspired to, to be like you. So um, you are an amazing friend and a mentor and I can't thank you enough for enriching our day and our lives through your story and all the projects you've been doing and action you've been taking for peace, environment, the planet and humanity. So thank you from all of us at the Rotarian community. Thank you, Rim. Thank you, everybody. And uh, let's keep serving humanity. Yes, let's do that. Let's wage peace. <laughs> peace. Okay. Have a good afternoon, everyone. Enjoy, enjoy your afternoon. Regards to everybody.